Hello, my name is Charles Kojo Van Dyke. I am the host of Alternative Convos. Alternative Convos is a discussion show at the intersection between social cohesion and social change in Africa. It is an alternative platform, a safe space for alternative views. Today's guest is Miluda Wishu. She's a public servant at the Agency for Digital Development in Morocco. She's the founder of Virtual Media and Information Literacy Organization for Cyber Peace. She serves in several NGO boards, such as Digital Grassroots and the Coordinating Collective of the Africans Rising Movement. She's also the regional coordinator at the UNESCO GAPMIL Youth Subcommittee and member and co-founder of the UNESCO GYC Interim Steering Committee. Miluda is also a laureate of the UNESCO 11th Youth Forum and a PhD researcher in artificial intelligence. So you can see that we are in amazing company today. So today's discussion point is digital activism in the era of a constrained civic space in Africa. Miluda, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me today, Charles. And welcome to Ghana. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to have you here. Yeah, it's a pleasure for me too to be here. I've never been to Accra. This is my first time. And so far, I'm really enjoying it. Nice, nice, nice. So today I'm happy because you're an am amazing kind of a person who's worked a lot on data and digitalization. And so today we're going to talk about digital activism. So, but I would like to start by, you know, hearing a bit of your story. How did you get into this whole digitalization and then, of course, activism? Yeah, actually, activism came before going into digital uh, oh, technology. Okay. Nice. Uh, since I was in school, since I was uh, still a student, I was involved in uh, student associations and defending, for example, um, the interest of students within the system of education. Yeah. Um, uh, defending uh, reforms that are in benefit, trying to find the... Is this in Rabat? In Rabat, oh, yeah. Okay, great. I'm a laureate of the National Institute of Statistics and Applied Economics. I was in the Students' Association. Okay. And now I'm in the board of the uh, Alumni Association. And in the same time, I would like to... Um, I work on maintaining this connection and dialogue with the youth that are self-studying because if you, you notice people that are working in student, yeah. uh, in social space and civic space, and they are students, they continue afterwards. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, after my my background, I came from a small town. Yeah. The only thing that I was uh, distant to is to be a housewife. That's, <laughs> <laughs> as Moroccans say, to be in the kitchen. This is why I'm trained. Oh, wow. <laughs> but. Uh, I had talent for mathematics, and in Morocco, the only way you're gonna make it is yeah. if you have a diploma in higher education. Okay. And and that you get from high school. Yeah. Okay. It says it. I only had talent for mathematics. I wasn't brilliant on anything else. Yeah. And this paved my way to uh, to obtaining a degree, and this is how I got more options. I got to discover the world. I got to know that I can make it. So therefore, everybody can make it if they made their minds too. Not only be 
because of mathematics and science, yes, we need more women in that, but also we need to value other disciplines. Uh, when I graduated, I wasn't yeah. trained particularly in uh, technology. Okay. But I, I coached myself to converse from wow. statistician, mathematician, to someone to... who can develop and code solutions. Wow. wow. So you're like self-taught Yeah. when it comes to coding and tech. Yeah, I never had the particular courses. Okay. Only like general introductions, but now I'm through the years by doing, by taking projects, real yeah. projects. I trained myself to be a, a developer of solutions in yeah. AI and uh, and data science, and this is how oh. it started. No, that's amazing. That's a beautiful story. I love it. I love it. So I mean, so to you, when you look at the landscape like of digitalization, like the state of of of, of, of digital technology, how would you say is the landscape in Africa right now? And if you can link that to why you got into activism. Yeah. Um, from my point of view, as I work now in a digital development agency, yeah. we see that technology in Africa, there is everything that we need. Yeah. So it's still not intentional. Technology happens to us. We're not... <laughs> <laughs> we're not happening to it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, we are surpassed by innovations and everything that happens, we consume more than we produce Absolutely. in uh, terms of technology. And we don't still don't have a full understanding of how technology works. Yeah, we sometimes code a solution and we know how it works, but solutions that influence like social media platforms, uh, the algorithm that push recommendations to people, the algorithm that design how, what search results would show for you and would show for the other person depending yeah. and there's, we're still really not, uh, not in control fully of what uh, technology is. Yeah. And uh, uh, you think but how, it, how can we get control? Like, what do you think needs to change? I think it starts from education okay. and it starts also from government policies. Okay. Uh, education in one part, I know that in Africa we have every talent we need, every expertise we need in technology. Yeah. But most of them, whenever we have a bright mind, it's, it evades to, to another land where they can have more opportunity, more money, more support. And that intellectual property that could have been here yeah. is somewhere else with another nationality. Second is governments. Governments, they are still buying foreign, foreign technology. Wow. Um, and so we are serious consumers of foreign technology. We are very consuming foreign technology and other, other econom economies. They know that Africa is the future for consumption and the future market for everything that we would like to sell. Yeah. It's an emerging market. It's a virgin land. Yeah. We can really open that market and send them moreover because we can offer them a lot and the market is still thirsty for that kind of supply. Yeah. Um, but, but back to activism, we know that digital spaces uh, they are not free, they are not safe for everyone. Uh, if I go as a teenager, for example, online or as a woman, yeah. I could suffer so much. Like abuse, right? So much abuse or very, uh, in various forms. And also it's culturally related. So people, for example, uh, let's take a dating app, how it is used outside and how it is used on the continent or the, in North Africa where I come from. Yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. So we see that uh, still our governments, they don't know how to regulate these spaces. The only thing that we can do as activists is educate people on how to protect themselves and how to identify that this certain behavior, if I'm being told this or I've been receiving this kind of comment, how to react to it and how to report it in a term that would be um, 
that would really serve as uh, as evidence in court or who I should connect. Like yeah. when I'm cyber bullied, for for example, as a teenager, I started an initiative during COVID nineteen in twenty twenty. Yeah, a lot of children in schools they started studying remotely. But most of them spent more time online. That means they were so much vulnerable and exposed to bullying and to abuse and to disinformation, to fake news, everything. Yeah. And I started this hotline where we, any uh, teenager can talk to us in secrecy, anonymously, yeah. and we can help them. If we notice certain abuse, we can really talk and direct them to a counselor or to a legal professional. So we can take it from there. Great. Yeah. But how did it work? Was it effective? It was effective actually when we, uh, the hotline uh, phone did not work so much, but, <laughs> <Okay>. they, but <laughs> the online uh, Facebook presence was, was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, right now there's a lot of agitation, you know, things, uh, young people want their voices heard. And, and of course the space, the digital space has become a space for them to engage, to express themselves, uh, to hold even their duty bearers accountable, etc. So what are your thoughts on that space, this online space for activism? Do you think it's something that is working in Africa? Are the governments actually listening to us online? Is it effective? Currently, yeah. I think a certain, if five years ago you told me that our government would be listening to what is happening on this yeah. digital space, I would say no, it, it's not, it was not the case, but okay. now they are listening, okay. they are reacting, they, they hear people, they hear movements, they yeah. hear what's going on online, and that's really amazing. I think that would be a victory. Digital spaces, they are not, they can be a power that can be harnessed by activists mm. and can be used to amplify these voices and make an impact because nobody's going to arrest you if you're online. Yeah, it's, it's possible, but... Yes you have more freedom of exp expression. Mm. Yeah, between brackets, because certain platforms would, for example, when we talk mm. about freedom of uh, speech, uh, in some platform, you, if, for example, if you express yourself certain views, they are not accepted yet. So we're not talking about pure freedom, but at least you can connect to people easily and you can write a clear message of mm. what you are, which you are fighting for. Excellent. I know that a lot of your work is is in Morocco, maybe North Africa, but you have been to countries in Southern Africa, East, you've come to Ghana. So when you look at all these landscapes, are there similarities in terms of the agitations that you see online? What are some of the differences? What are some of the things you've learned moving around the continent? Yeah, I see that there are indeed commonalities between the way the North thinks and the Sub-Saharan Africa thinks, yeah. especially the... Uh, increase of awareness of youth, what's going on, more intentional movements, more engagement of uh, young people. Yes. But one of the major differences, differences right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fact that in North Africa, people are self censoring themselves. Self censoring. Self censoring okay. themselves. And uh, they are more interested in foreign agendas and foreign conflicts yeah. and what's going on on other places than. What, for example, someone from Kenya or Nigeria, when you hear a Kenyan or a Nigerian or someone else from another country talk about their, polit their politics arena, for example, yeah. uh, they are more analytical, they are more aware, 
in comparison with a citizen from Morocco. In Morocco, we are more dismissive, more disengaged. We don't want to talk about it. Yes, we suffer, for example, from inflation. Yeah. But we're not ready to do anything about it. It's, it's happening to us. We have nothing to do. You're not, not really interested in having that kind of conversation. Yeah, people, they, they post online, they complain, but where is the action? Yeah. Where is the... The, the, we don't have to push really till the end till you have this kind of conversation with the government. Yeah. Where are the subsidiaries? Where is the money? How to hold this government accountable? You know, we had a scandal for uh, to pass a bar to be a lawyer yeah. as the example. And it was obviously corrupted. And people, they had, they, they were talking, the minister was in public television and says, yeah, my son studied in Canada. This is, and his father was rich enough to send him study in Canada. This is why he succeeded on the bar that was on public television, and that was a politician. Wow. People voted for him. People, yeah, they were so uh, protesting, yeah. but at the end, the the exam was not retaken. Wow. And so people didn't do much about it. They let that slide. Yeah, it it went. The protest was hot for a moment, and it faced. Yeah. So, I mean, so why is it that in, I think in North Africa, some of these issues that happen in South Saharan Africa are, are not really important yeah. to them? Is it a cultural issue? Is it a geographic issue? Is it historical? Why are we not having more engagements across, yeah. like when it comes to activism? Yeah, there is also this silo, and I mean the silo between the North and the, and the South yeah. of Africa. And it's not something that was happening, just happened once. I mean, the North and the South, we had through history a love, commercial relationship. Interaction. Interaction, migration yeah. from the, both sides. But when the sale happened, it's something that is related to colonial time and also the linguistic barrier. Uh, the expansion of Mediterranean empires on the North of Africa, not the rest, also created that kind of segregation between the two. Yes. Two, uh, two. Yeah. But it, um, we see more openings. We see people talking more about how, the, for example, the Moroccan diplomacy is more open now and engaged in Africa than before. Mm -hmm. And I think that could be a win. More dialogue, a lot of things to work on, yeah. a lot of uh, perceptions to be worked on. To, to be broken and dismantled. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's uh, the role of media. We should have more messages, more conversations like this. Put out there and uh, yeah. yeah, excellent. So, I'm thinking, you know, I always like in these conversations, always ask people like some sort of like call to action, what your thoughts are. Now that we have this beautiful playing field, like the digital landscape offers so many opportunities for us to become much, much more effective activists, right? What do you think, in terms of from your where you sit, how do we prepare? What are the kind of skills that young people need to become? stronger digital activists? What what should they be doing now uh, so that they can really make an impact? Yeah, first thing I would I would that would come to my mind is yeah. that being uh being more mindful. This is something Charles <laughs> you say always be mindful, mindful and intentional. Yeah, intentional, yes. <laughs> Second, have more digital skills. Uh at least have some digital literacy yeah. about the tools because if, uh, for example, if you bring in someone who is specialized in marketing, they can do as much brand awareness for, me, for your brand of activism 
as if they are branding a commercial product and that could be a lot create more impact yeah. and reach more the audience that you are you want to engage with yeah uh there's also the question of having influencers influencers maybe, yeah influencers Influ it becomes a touchy subject yeah but what's your thoughts on that influencers influencers i guess they are like tools for the algorithm <laughs> we are using the algorithm i don't know which one is yeah yeah, the yeah they seem to be getting a lot of traction but how how do we get influencers interested in activism sometimes very few of them are actually interested in social change issues yeah yeah, yeah more in economic yes economic spaces private spaces tourism you know uh, entertainment yeah but when it comes to like social issues very few yeah and that's that's also from the the audience people they are more interested in scandals and uh, I don't know, entertaining and funny content, yeah, yeah, yeah. scandalous content, yeah. than the actual programs that they have. They tend to sometimes to divert the attention of, yeah. the, of people from their problems to, to rather than investing time to talk about the real issues and problems that we have. But I would like to, to see more activist influencers, people that are really around after just getting more money or more fame or more brand deals people that are really um motivated to mm. get to communicate that message so we need more activist influencers yes yeah okay okay so what else do you think we need to do any anything else i would like to see a social media platforms that is african <laughs> i like that like developed by African. People developed and hosted by, by Africa. By Beautiful. Af yeah, and see more search engines and knowledge bases that are here, African brands. Because we have anything that it takes. I don't know why we are not doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so thank you, Meluda. This was an interesting and lovely, lovely conversation. Thank you for blessing me on this podcast. Thank you very much, yeah. Charles, for inviting me. And I wish you all the best. Yeah. How are you too? Welcome to Ghana again, once again. <laughs>